0: Good morning. Welcome to Broadway Baptist Church. It's great to see everyone this morning. Uh, if you would, please stand for the reading of God's word. And I'll say I, perhaps I should have read this uh, right before VBS began, but it's still appropriate uh, at the end of VBS as hopefully let's keep this in mind uh, what the Lord says about children in Matthew 18. At the time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be greater for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and be thrown down to the depths of the sea. Amen. That is God's word for us. Clearly, God cares about children and that and their faith and our faith that we would follow him as a child, uh, that we would not neglect the needs of children. Uh, so with that, You may be seated. Uh, We are so glad that you're here. For any guests this morning, we're we're glad that you're here as well. Uh, If you'd like to connect with us in any way, whether you're a guest or uh, you're looking for a way to connect and plug in and serve, please take this tear-off tab in your bulletin, fill it out, drop it it in the offering plate as it comes by. And uh, I'm sure Daniel will speak more about the visitation tonight for VBS. Uh, We had well over 200 kids here this week. Uh, there's so much opportunity for us to reach out to these families. Uh, I know I personally spoke with with a couple families and one man who said they're looking for a church. they are looking for a place uh, to start coming to church. So tonight, as we do that, it's a big opportunity for us as a church uh, to reach out. So we're excited about that. Uh, we're looking forward to worshiping the Lord together this morning. At this time, I'll hand it over to Gail.
1: Good to see you this morning. It's always good to be in God's house with His people. Um, I was talking with my daddy this morning and we were talking about some of the trials and tribulations of this world. And I told him, I said, Daddy, I'm just ready to go home. He said, What do you mean you're ready to go home? And I said, Well, I'm not planning an express trip, but <laughs> <laughs> when it's my time, I'm ready to go be with Jesus. Because I, I, mm, wow. What a place. David is uh, with his high school graduating class this morning, celebrating, uh, I do not know how many years because he did not tell me. <laughs> so I only graduated three years ago. I can't talk for that. <laughs> so what, what he asked me to do this morning was lead in worship, and I'm a singer and a musician, so we're going to sing all right there's going to be lots of stuff going on there's going to be words on the screen for every song it doesn't matter if it's a soloist or a special group or something like that if you know it sing along because that's what praise is and that's what we want to do this morning love you guys here we go All right, Sopranos, are you ready? again.
2: Would you join me as we go to our Savior in prayer? Holy Father, our hearts rejoice and give praise and thanks unto you for the opportunities that Broadway Baptist Church has had this past week in touching the lives and planting the seed of the gospel in the hearts and minds of young people, children, some probably hearing for the first time, and we pray Father that you would just bless those seeds that have been planted and that they would mature and those children would truly come to know you as Savior and Lord and they would live for you. Thank you for the workers that have been so faithful in encouraging and planting those seeds. Thank you for every opportunity that is ours. And today as we gather together, we think about the opportunities that lie ahead. Father, help us as a church that we might see this area in need of a savior, in need of redemption and forgiveness of the sins and transgressions that are so prevalent among us. God, we just ask for a fresh touch this day, inspiring and encouraging us. Father. There are many needs within our church family, within this congregation that's gathered this morning. Father, you know about each one of those, and we pray for them. We lift them unto you, Lord, and ask that your hand would move in accordance unto your will. We pray for our brother Daniel as he proclaims your word this morning. May the blessed Holy Spirit have freedom to work in our midst. May we see people come to know you as Savior and Lord, whose name we pray, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
1: Thank you. You may be seated. These are three of my friends, Charlie, Steve, and Rick. They're going to share with you this morning, but please feel free to sing along. I think they'd probably enjoy that.
3: I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. For me it was in the garden he prayed not my will but thine, he had no tears for his own grief, but sweat drops of blood for mine. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful. Saviour's love for me. When with the ransoming glory His face I at last shall see, It will be my joy through the ages sing of his love for me. How marvelous, how wonderful and my soul shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. How marvelous, And my soul shall ever be How marvelous, how wonderful Is my
4: Savior's love
1: Me, I'm tricky. I fall.
4: The split oh.
1: i My friends, Patty and Cheryl and Betty, they're going <laughs> to sing, but like I said, sing with us. like to invite the ushers forward and we can have our offertory prayer now
5: we're just about to have an invitation right now couldn't we praise the Lord pray with me please Father God, we're so thankful, Lord, for this day that you've blessed us with. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that guides and directs us each day. Continue, Lord, by your Spirit to guide and direct us in this church that we might do your work. As we come to this time, Lord, that we give our tithes and offerings, we pray, Father, that we give with a happy heart, Lord, that these tithes and offerings might be used to further your kingdom around this city and around this world. We give you praise and thanks in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen.
1: This is my friend Hala, Hala Tai. Hala studies with me, and we've been working on this song, and when I heard her sing it, I asked her if she would come share it with us this morning. Um, If you are a K-Love listener, which I am sometimes, you will know this song, and I don't think Hala would mind if you want to sing along. That'd be fine. So please make Hala feel welcome, and let's continue with our worship.
6: to me to me
7: Thank you, Miss Gail. Thank you. I was looking at the little worship guide and it said there was one more song, so I didn't know if I was, if I was next. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's fine. So um, I, I want to give a VBS report. Actually, go ahead and you open your Bible's book of Psalms, Psalm 142. Psalm 142. And I'm going to give you a report because this past week has been vacation Bible school. Here at your church, so um, you know numbers. Numbers don't mean everything, but numbers do represent people, and people represent souls. So um, it, numbers do matter because people matter to God. So I uh, I take <coughs> uh, numbers serious. Peter Drucker, the famous uh, Harvard um, business school man, uh, professor up there, said anything that's measured grows. So when you measure numbers in a church, if you hold people that, they hold accountable for it, it's how things grow. It's how you grow your Sunday school class, and you constantly keep it up. Or grow a church. Financially, you grow that way. Um, this is VPS. Now, last year at Bible school, Thursday night's friend night. So that's called barf night, bring a real friend on Thursday night. So usually that's our high night. And last year, in 2017, if you look at that bottom number, we hit 163. So that was our record. So, you know, we, usually Bible school it might grow 10 or 15. Well, you know, we actually average our first night on Monday. Now, this is nursery. This is birth through, or through the fifth grade class. So this is only children here. Monday night, we had 228 children. So that's outstanding for our church. That is, that's our high night. Wednesday, it was pouring down rain. If it's raining at 5 o'clock, these mamas don't hop in the car and bring their kids to Bible school because they, they won't come. So it was pouring down rain on Wednesday. That's why that was our low, low attendance night on Wednesday night. That If you average all that out, add all those up and divide it by 5, that comes to one, uh, 201. So our average for VBS this year was 201 children. That's outstanding. And that's a significant increase from last year. So... Now, we'll have one more slide here of our offering. So, um, now our offering, Sunrise Children's Services, this is uh, this is the, um, it used to be Kentucky Baptist Children's Home, and I always like giving to them, and I'll tell you why the Kentucky Baptist Children's Home, because we have children bringing their money and it's going to help other children. So, they do foster care, they do adoption, they do any type of children's services in crisis. It's a blessing that our state has Sunrise, and they renamed it because. That way it's, it does have the word Baptist so they can minister, but it's still a gospel-centered, Christ-centered organization. Now, last year was our world record that we had um, for a church, uh, and we collected $1,360. We came in last year at 1638 so that's nearly a $300 increase. Now, this is children bringing their money, so that's a great offering we're able to give to the children's home, So I just commend our children for giving $1,600 for that. And as you can see who won, the girls as always. Bill, Bill Eads says in all his years here at VBS, only one year have the boys actually won. So Next year, I'm just going to have to ask the grown men here at church, just redirect your offering and just start giving your Sunday offering at VBS. We are going to win one year. We're going to win in in our offering contest. But we had a great vacation Bible school. We shared the gospel. Sherry Osmond taught the Bible Discovery class where they present the gospel to other children. When you share the gospel with children, you have to be very careful because she asked if any of them wanted to get saved, and the whole class raised their hand. Now, when, when the whole class wants to get saved, that also tells uh, they might not understand. So uh, we planted a lot of gospel seeds. We gave out gospel tracts. We gave Bibles. So these children learned about Jesus. Uh, we have pictures on Facebook, so you can certainly check out our pictures and our videos. So it was, a, it was an outstanding week. And I want to recognize the folks. If you helped out in any capacity, because really those numbers, like we averaged two, there was 200, 201 children here. There was another 100 adults. I mean, it was... Uh, you have another hundred adults here trying to make all of this happen. If you helped out with VBS in any capacity, whether it's the kitchen, cleanup, parking, you were in the classroom, I want you to stand up. I bet this is going to be the majority of our church. <laughs> any way of VBS. <clears throat> Thank you so much. I appreciate that. That was we our children had a great great experience at Bible school tonight. We're going to do something different. Tonight's worship service is a go out in the community service. You arrive here at 6 o'clock and you're going to go into the fellowship hall. A lot of these children who came, they do not go to church. We had all sorts of folks here throughout the week, uh, interesting people. And um, we need to invite them to, to church. We need to invite them to Broadway Baptist. We need to connect them to other children's ministry events. So, what you're going to do, you know, we, we do visitation. Uh, with our grow ministry, but we don't, but our, v, v, our VBS ministry, the children, we've organized everything, so you'll show up at 6 o'clock in the fellowship hall. Now, if you had a class, say you taught kindergartners, you'll want to go grab the kindergarten list, and they, they've broken it down to five or six, seven names, and you'll go out in the community, and you'll go knock on the door of folks that have came to VBS, have their name and their address and mom and dad's names, And you'll say, and you're going to bring a bag of cookies that Sherry Osmond baked and a little invite card. And you're going to say, thank you so much. This is all it takes. This goes a long way. Thank you so much for coming to Shipwrecked VBS. We had a great time, wonderful experience. We just want to invite you to church here at Broadway. We're going, to have a little, we're going to have a little card that has some other activities and events for children's ministry and just our service times, the web address, so they can learn more about our church. Invite them to church, and you give them some cookies. That's it. A little, in, a little visit. You don't have to go in their home. You don't have to do a full gospel presentation. No, no, you're just in, a special touch like that goes a long way. So I want to invite you. This is our annual visitation. We've got, we've got plenty of stuff. Even if we had 100 people show up, we could handle it. We'll break down. All you need We'll get in teams of three. Even the children can go. And um, you just need to drive your car if you're able to drive your car and just go out. And you know, it might last an hour and a half, two hours, just however long it takes. That is a great witness to our community. So I want you to prayerfully consider that. That's tonight, 6 o'clock. This will replace our worship service. We're going out in evening summertime visitation, so that. And we'll meet down in the fellowship hall. Open your Bibles here. We are looking here. We're in the su- summer season of prayer. What that means is this entire summer, we are going to be looking at Prayers throughout the Bible and throughout the Scriptures, that how God has uh, spoken through prayer and certainly speaks to us. And ideally, we, you all should have a prayer live. Hopefully you are praying for VBS, praying even tonight that the visits we make will have a time of prayer, praying that the uh, uh, folks are invited to church and uh, connecting here at our church and connecting, most importantly, to the Lord. David here, I'm gonna, we're going to read one of his prayers. David had, has two psalms that are called his cave psalms. His cave psalms, or why he's in a cave, he wrote a psalm. Psalm fifty-seven. We won't read that one. It's a little bit longer. And then here's Psalm one forty-two. So you want to read along in your Bibles in Psalm one forty-two. And what's going on here? And we're going to reference this. It's we're going to, in a little bit. We're going to turn back to First Samuel chapter twenty-two and see the context of what's going on here and why he's crying out to the Lord. But he's in the cave and he's he's talking to God. And the goal of this idea, why on earth are you preaching on why is this important to, uh, to be in a, a cave psalm? Why does this matter here in 2018? And what it is, is David had been anointed by the Lord to be the next king of Israel. But there was already a current king of Israel named Saul. Saul was a jealous man. Jealousy is a sin. Jealousy will eat you alive when you're jealous. We live in a jealous culture, where what happens is you always are envying and you're always wanting. You can't celebrate uh, the, the successes of others. If someone else has a blessing into your life, you're secretly mad and you hate them. That's what a jealous person. You hope you hope they wreck their car, you their brand new car. They bought. You hope they go wreck it that, that week, and that's what jealousy does. And what happens is Saul was a jealous man, and it's eating him up here. So what's occurring is David is on the run. David had a friend named Jonathan, Saul's son. And what happened was Jonathan and David became friends. David married Saul's daughter. So what happened here is Jonathan and David became friends, and Jonathan saw how sorry his dad was acting towards David. So what happened was... He had a deal, he said, here, I want you to go out and hide, and I'm going to shoot some arrows, and if it goes very far, this is in Samuel, or 1 Samuel chapter 20, you're going to have to run away. Well, he saw how angry his dad was, and he says, David, you're going to have to start, just go on the run. You can't stay here anymore because they're, you know, my dad's going to kill you. He's already thrown a spear at him once, and eventually that spear will hit you. So what happens here, in fact, the people were saying Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. That was the slogan. So how David, it was very obvious, the Lord was with and was blessing David's life and his uh, military success. But this didn't help, help Saul at all. It just created more anger in him. So what's going on here is we see David running out in the hills, out in the caves, and he's hiding in a cave. And, you know, you think about that. When God's blessed you in your life, and God has, you have a plan, you've been um, excited for what God's going to do, and here you are living in a cave. Now, a cave today, I have a picture up on the screen. This is what, when we hear the word cave, did Sherry just laugh? At, okay, have y'all ever heard the phrase man cave? Who here has a man cave at their house? Be honest. I don't have one. We have to get rid of all our children to have a man cave. Everybody, everything in the bedroom. A man cave is when a man goes downstairs and you decorate it by whatever your favorite, you know, you get to do it. It's the one room you get to decorate, whatever you want. So you can put whatever team you like. And you you see in this picture, there's a couch, TV, and there's a a wraparound wallpaper of a stadium there in Tuscaloosa. And what it is is... um, Uh, That's a man cave. Typically, when we use the word cave today, we have some picture like this, a man cave, where you're you're isolated from the world, and you can just do whatever you want. Now, I'm sure David would have loved to be in a cave like that. Let me explain the cave. David is in a cave with bats. He's in a cave stuck in the hills of a mountain somewhere, No food, it's dark. They didn't have electricity. Even caves today still don't have electricity. There's no, you're just down there. I think it's in a cave it's always like 58 degrees or something. Same old temperature. You're just stuck. And you're you're hiding and caves are deep. You're way back there. And when you're in a cave and there's no light, no food, no water, no restroom, you're just, this is, this is awful. You know, it might be fun to be a... a, a, a people who explore caves are called spelunkers. It might be fun to go spelunk in a cave and after like an hour or two say, okay, we've seen the cave, went to mega caverns, it was neat, fun, let's, let's go home now. But this is not... Understand what I'm saying. David is staying in this place. So when you're trying to hide for day after day, week after week, month after month, and you're, you're holed up in a cave... It's miserable. You're in a place in your life that you do not want to be. And there's times, I'm going to tell you, some of you are in a cave. Now, it might not be a cave like that, and it might not be a cave such here in the Bible in Psalm 142 we're about to read. But you're just holed up in a cave, and it's a place that says, God, why am I here? This is not ideal circumstances. So, all right, now we're going to read it. I don't, that's our context of what we're reading and I want you to think about it. It says God and I'm a place in my life here on June 24th The first official Sunday of the summer since summer started officially on on a Thursday. Am I in a cave? Am I holed up somewhere that I really don't want to be? This is the psalm he wrote. This is one of his two cave psalms. I cry aloud to the Lord I plead aloud to the Lord for mercy. I pour out my complaint before him. I reveal my trouble to him. When you're in a cave, you spend a lot of time in prayer. Although my spirit is weak within me, you know my way. Along this path I travel, they have hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see, no one stands up for me. There is no refuge for me. No one cares about me. I promise, if you're living in a cave, you're probably thinking, no one cares about me. In the King James, that says, no one cares about my soul. No one cares about my soul. That's what he's crying out. I cry to you, Lord, I say, you are my shelter, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am weak. He's starving, he's thirsty, he's tired. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. Free me from prison so that I can praise your name. The righteous will gather around me because you deal generously with me. What we see here is David basically is complaining to God, says, God, I don't want to be here. I'm forgotten about. This is a terrible situation. I'm not happy here in a cave, but Lord, you're a great God. And I know even though I'm in this cave now, even I'm in this place I don't want to be in, eventually, Lord, you will deliver and rescue me. This past week, as we know, was VBS. I taught younger children recreation. It was called Shipwreck Games. And the way it works is we're out on the playground, we do our bubbles, and we have our little beach balls and fun little games. But when it rains, because that playground t- turns into a mud pit, we must go inside the gym. When you have 50 or 60 children in a gym, it's miserable. It's like being in a cave. Children just running wild, screaming. You can't do any of your games. You, you, you plan. So it's not ideal. It's just we're, just, we're waiting to 9, <laughs> waiting to 9 o'clock When So we just bear through. That's what we're doing. So I'm doing it for the Lord. Well, we were in there, this was on Friday night, and there was one little boy, he was like four, maybe three. He was a little guy. And you all know who've raised children. If you've ever raised children, children want three things in life. They want food, they need to go potty, or they want mama. That's it. Those three things, food, potty, and mama. Every child in the world, and not just America, in the world wants those three things. So we're there, and it was loud. This is Friday night. It was loud. It's day five of VBS. We're waiting for this to be over. And we were just watching the clock on the wall. And um, this one little guy, he was just not happy. He started screaming. In fact, he went in the corner, and he, in the, and he just wanted to go home. Or he didn't want to go home. He wanted to go home, but he was just saying, I want my mama. I want my mama. I want my mama. And we had somebody who doesn't have children come up to me and says, Daniel, you know, this little child wants his mama. Maybe we need to call his mother. Said, not at all. <laughs> so that's all children want their mama. That's just life. I mean, it doesn't matter. Wherever he's at, he wants his mama. So I said, just go pick him up. <clears throat> or, or, my mother actually is a preschool teacher. I said, her name's Belle. I said, Mom, this little child wants his mama. So she walked over there. She knows what to do because she raises these little, little guys all day. And she picked him up and said, guess what? We're going to go see your mama in 30 minutes. Now, children have no concept of time, but this little guy, all he wanted to hear was, I, we're, I want my mama, and we're going to mama. This guy quit crying. He cheered up, and he was going to see his mama. He thought immediately right then, but he, you know, they have no concept from five minutes to five hours, but all he wanted was mom. And I think what we've tied this in with this is, Guys, when you are in a cave, when you are in a place that you do not want to be, you want out. You're saying, God, deliver me. It's just like a four-year-old crying, I just want mama, I just want my deliverance to get out of here. David is crying out. He's saying, Lord, I cry to you. You're my shelter. Take care of me. The cave is not my shelter. I don't want to be here. There will be times, I promise, I promise, that God is going to walk you through seasons of your life, that you are going to be stuck in a holdup in a cave. And it's miserable. And you don't want to be there. No one wants to be there. It's a time that you get alone with the Lord. You know, you never would have thought, David. You know, this was 3,000 years ago, this occurring. David's stuck in this cave somewhere in Israel. And he's writing a psalm that will end up in Scripture. has no clue that the experience he has in a cave, God will use that to prepare him for Scripture. Um, Keep your finger here in Psalm 142. Let's look at the context of this. Go go back in your Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 22, because here's how David ended up in a cave. This is the Scripture that lines up with, with Psalm 142. What's happening here is... um, Actually, I have a quote here up on the screen before you read it. It's from C.S. Lewis. Uh, Many of us have heard him. He was a great... um, uh, He was an American theologian from uh, 80 years ago. He put, "...hardships often prepare ordinary people for an extraordinary destiny." And that's what happens. God allows you, just regular folks, ordinary people who live in Kentucky, for an extraordinary destiny. Our extraordinary destiny is heaven. That's where we're going. That's what God's going to do with us. He's preparing us through our everyday living to do something wonderful when we're in heaven. Now, many of us say, just like Ms. Gail Hurt says, I can't wait to go to heaven, but God's preparing us. And the reason why we have cave experiences, cave experiences, it forces us to be dependent upon God. When you are in a cave, And it's dark, wet, you're in there with bats, there's no light, no food, no water. Well, there might be water in a cave. You're stuck there, and just you and the Lord. You're there with God, He's the only one you can turn to. But He's preparing David for great things, what's going to happen. Look at this, 1 Samuel chapter 22, look what God's Word said. So David left Gath. Now he was in the Philistine city of Gath, and he realized he was in trouble there, so he started acting like a crazy man, and the, the king says, I need to get rid of this guy. David was a smart man, so he, got, he le- was able to leave by the way he acted. He left Gath, and he took refuge in a cave of Adullam. Now look at this. When David's brothers and his father's whole family heard that he went down in they went down and joined him there. So now, David's stuck up in a cave, and here comes some friends to come join him in the cave. And what's powerful about this in verse 2, in addition, not only did his family come, this, these are the type of people David's attracting. In addition, these are the three Ds. Every man who was desperate in debt or discontented rallied around him, and he became their leader about 400 men were with him. Now I want you all to understand what just happened here. David, why is he in a cave? David was raised, he married the king's daughter. He played his harp for King Saul, which actually made Saul angry. Saul had a temper problem and he was very jealous. Jonathan, Saul's son, said, David, you need to get out of town because my daddy's going to kill you. Just, just go. Just go somewhere. You can't stay here in Jerusalem. You can't be here in the palace anymore. It's not going to work out. So David is now just doing his own thing, running away, stuck in a cave. And he has no one, no followers with him. Well, when word gets out that David is in this cave, in Adullam his family starts to come, and look who he attracts. Desperate people, those who are in debt, that's today, and the discontented people. So he's getting people who are following him, the desperate, those in debt, and the discontented. God, listen to this, don't miss this, God just brought David 400 soldiers in a cave. Do you see how the Lord is working? Do you see how he just built his army of people who are just castaways, those that owe money, those who are discontent, those who are just desperate. They have no place in Israel, in the palace. And they're just out there. But here, this man that lives in a cave named David, who's over there writing psalms, who God is using, who's actually anointed the next king. God used, this is amazing, David's cave experience to begin building his army and start doing a mighty work he prepared him in this cave he was holed up in a miserable place but god brought the people to him listen when you're in a cave it's your place that god is preparing you for something you might not know what david sure didn't know what he's just like man i'm getting all sorts of folks here i'm getting the down and outs in israel i really attract the cream of the crop here in the cave And that's who he's getting. And the story about this is we see what's powerful about this. When you are in that place at your life, and you're in a season in your life that you're just struggling, God's God's still using you. God's still working through you. He's putting people into your life that you can be a blessing to, even as the most least likely and unfortunate people in the world. And I think what's powerful about this, while David's in this cave, when he's in a miserable place, he's crying out in Psalm 142 and he's calling out to God and God hears his prayer and he's bringing people to him. And he's still working in his life. Listen, and the message for us this morning, Broadway, if you are in a cave, if you are in a bad place, an unfortunate place, the great thing about our God is he's there with you and he's, he's answering and hearing your prayer. We have a God who even in the cave, He hears and answers prayers. Do you know our generation? I was reading this in the news. Our generation is the most connected generation in the world. Do y'all know that? You, you, you could be in touch with people in China just in seconds on your phone. You Google anything, anything in the world you want. It's on Google. Someone, Every sermon in the world has been preached somewhere else. You, go, you get any sermon, any Bible study, anything you want. Is it the, literally seconds from your fingers? But do you know we, here in 2018, are the most obviously connected generation. We're also the most isolated. People are isolated today. No one knows anybody. I mean, they know them, but they don't really know them. Everybody knows of people, but no one knows them. I want to tell you all, I'm telling you this because I believe we are surrounded by cave dwellers today. I think folks are all over Lexington living in caves. I mean, they're here, but they're not here. They're just isolated. They're alone. They're just desperate. They're, they're waiting for someone to reach out and touch them and tell them about the Lord. They're waiting for an invitation to Jesus. David felt this way. Listen, if David felt this way, who's been anointed the king of Israel, and he's waiting for God to raise him up. I promise you and I can feel this way. This is the greatest king ever to be. God has spoken to him. All right, here it is. Here are the four indicators. I'm going to put up on the screen here. Four indicators of David's lowliness. This is straight out of Psalm 142. If you're here today and you feel like, Daniel, I am in a cave. I am lowly. I am down. I'm isolated. I'm alone. This is is what David did while he was in a cave. And these are our takeaways that we can apply this. When David's in a cave, this is back in Psalm 142. In verse 1 it says, He cried out to God, not others. That's important. Listen, you are going to be tempted. When you hit rock bottom and you are stuck in a cave and you're isolated, it's easy to start complaining to other people. It's easy to start griping. David talks to the Lord. He brings his problems to God. When you're in a cave, you need to go to God and other people. That's what he needed at this point. He needed the Lord. If you're here, if you're isolated this morning, the first step is you need to realize, I need the Lord. Only he can get me out of this. I'm isolated and alone, and God is here saying, Hey, I can pull the lip, the lowly out. Number two, he reminds us the story of David here reminds us, reminds God. How hard it is. And this is interesting. In verse 2, David said, I pour out my complaint before him. He's talking to the Lord. I reveal my trouble to him. Do you ever have a complaint? Do you ever, have you ever been to a restaurant and say, I need to talk to the manager. Or I need to, who's in charge around here? I need to tell them what I think. Do you know who David complained to? he took his complaint to God. He didn't complain to other people. He said, God, this is hard. This is is not what I thought. I'm here in the king's palace in Jerusalem, and literally a week later, I'm holed up in a deep cave somewhere. And you're bringing me people who are in debt and desperate and just despondent. Like, I'm really attracting the best folks in Israel. David is saved, but he's suffering. Listen, just because we're saved, we are not promised good times. David suffered. You are here this morning, some of you, and you're hurting, you're suffering. And you just have to bring your suffering, your pain to the Lord. Just tell the Lord, God, my prayer is, I'm hurting. Lord, it is hard. It's a struggle every day. I'm alone, I'm empty, I'm isolated, I'm stuck. That's David's crying out to God. Number three, he feels isolated. Verse four, look at this, what it says here. I look to the right and the left and see, no one stands up for me. There's no refuge for me and no one cares about me. David felt like no one cares about me. Everywhere I look, the right or left here in this cave, can't see any way, but there's no one here. I am stuck. And what's amazing about this, God answered this prayer. He brought 400 people. To him just like that they found him in the cave and they came and became an army right away No one advocates for people living in caves in fact if you're in a cave if you're isolated it's easy to be forgotten about But we have to remember we do have an advocate one of the holy spirit's names in the book of john is he's an advocate the holy spirit advocates for advocates for us And even if you're alone in a cave, you're isolated, he's there. Number five, David is stuck. He feels, all of a sudden, he's got 3,000 of Saul, King Saul's chosen men, chasing him. In verse seven, it says, free me from prison. God, I'm in a prison in here. My own home, you can actually be in prison. And David feels that way, he's stuck. There's nowhere you can go, nowhere you can turn to, because if you go out of that cave, these people are going to kill you. They're going to find and attack you. And tying this for us, here's what it is. The difficult days of David's life, and he's in his difficult days, were brought on by the call of God on his own life. Listen, if you're saved, God has called you. Say, Dean, what do you mean God's called me? He called, he called you to himself. He called you to be set apart. To be saved. He gave you a gift of the Holy Spirit. He's given you spiritual gifts to serve the church. And serve the body of Christ. But there are difficult days brought upon him. David has been called by God. And he's probably thinking, when I was out in the field, and Samuel came and anointed me with that ram's oil, and I was going to be the next king of Israel, I had no clue I signed up for this. God, I don't want this. This is hard, and that's what happens. And lastly, we see here, the greatest victory David ever won, it was not over someone else. And he had some great victories. He beat Goliath. He he beat a bear with his own hand and a lion. But do you know his greatest victory? It was actually over himself. David allowed, listen to this, and this is in closing. This is the main takeaway. David did not waste his cave experience. His season, he was in a cave. He turned and cried out to the Lord. And Broadway, it wasn't wasted. He realized, God, you've got me here to teach me something. You're preparing to do something. And the, the powerful answer to this, after he wrote this psalm, 400 people show up and go, here we are, David. Here's your army. God's bringing them to you. You're not getting the best folks, but you're getting folks coming. God's answering His prayer in the cave. Listen, this morning, some of you, you're isolated, you, can, you, you, you're, you identify with this psalm. This you feel, I feel I'm in prison. I feel I'm alone. I'm isolated, God. I want to bring my complaints to the Lord. And the great thing about our God is He hears and answers while you're in a cave. And He brought, He took... David and made him go from a cave to a kingdom he's going to be the leader of Israel but he had to go through these dark seasons of his life and God's preparing him alone and isolated for great things and that's the blessing of our Lord he doesn't just leave us in a cave he's got a great plan for yours and my life and for our church's life and for these children that came to VBS this week he has a plan in place for them this morning, our season of prayer, we're looking at this. This is one of two psalms of the cave psalms, of the cave prayers, where David brings it to God. And if that's you today, I want you to not give up if you're in a cave. In fact, if you're in a cave, it's even more desire. says, God, I'm going I'm to go to my knees even more and cry out to you. Because God hears and answers isolated prayers and deep in a dark cave god i pray this morning that if that is us if we are in that cave isolated and alone and we need hope and help lord i pray we turn to you lord i pray this morning that you just draw us to yourself no matter where we're at no matter what season we're in even if we're as david cried out in psalm 142 Verse 7, I feel like I'm in prison. Lord, if that is us, I pray we will see that You minister. You help us even when we're alone. Lord, I thank You for the blessing of this past week and what You're doing in our lives. I pray for our church. I pray that we will be a church. That's a, a church that cries out to You, Lord, in prayer. No matter what season we're in. Lord, I just pray for this invitation we're about to have. Lord, there's people here at this church that need to make this their church home. They need to move their membership today. They've been in a cave. Come out and say, Broadway's my place. Lord, there's other folks here that they've been in the cave of darkness and sin. And Lord, they need to get saved. They need to repent of that and say, I'm turning to the Lord. I'm coming out. Lord, you've heard my prayer. Lord, I pray during this invitation, Have you spoken to us, that this is our time that we respond publicly to what you're doing privately in our life. Lord, you call us into the light, and I pray today we will do that. Lord, we give you this invitation, and thank you for us and you having us in the season of prayer and this time that you speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're going to have our public invitation. We have our opportunity to respond. We close Every service this way, I always wait down front. It's your opportunity to come and pray with me or Brother Heard and, and uh, share publicly what God has been doing in your life. So let's stand together. Ms. Gail Heard's going to lead us in a song, and I'll be standing down front waiting for you to respond. A couple announcements. got to find my announcements here before you leave. They're inside my Bible. Um, Roy, do you want to come and share real quick what you were going to say? Next Sunday, we have a patriotic service, because it's the Sunday before Fourth uh, of July.
5: Can you hear me now? Brother Heard? where are you? You served. These gentlemen served during the Korean War. It's been called a conflict, a police action, but when someone is shooting at you, I don't care what you call it, it's a war. These men deserve our praise and admiration, and for those that did not make it home, remember them in your prayers if you want to see proof that prayer works, you're looking at it again without your prayers and the grace of a living God I wouldn't be here he's blessed me, I don't know why, but that's okay I do have something I'm That's one of my favorite psalms I'd like to read, and some of you may not like it too much, but here we go. David did this, 144, a king's prayer. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for battle and my fingers for warfare. He is my faithful love and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer. He is my shield, and I take refuge in him. He subdues my people under me. Lord, what is a human that you care for him, a son of man that you think of him? A human is like a breath, his days are like a passing shadow. Thank
7: you. Our senior adults are going to Malone's. If you are here, the Malone's here in Palomar, so you can go out to lunch there. So that's one of Sherry and top three favorite places in Lexington. We might have to make a guest, in, uh, guest appearance tonight. Visitation tonight, 6 o'clock. Remember, no worship service. We're downstairs. And uh, get your list, and you go out visiting. Also, men, we're going to Oneida, uh, the, um, uh, the Baptist school there in Clay County on Friday. So if you want to come, we're leaving at 6.30 in the morning if we're going on a one-day mission trip. Also, uh, many of you know um, a, a wonderful lady in our church named Miss Patsy Lewis. She passed away uh, several weeks ago. Our, her memorial service is going to be Saturday here at our church and. um Saturday morning, and we are going to have food. we're going to feed the family at twelve o'clock. So if you're able, to bring food. It will be at twelve o'clock is when we'll um will be feeding the family. This coming, uh, this coming Saturday morning. I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. We're going to sing a, a closing song, and we'll. S- oh, Rick just told me we have a picnic next Sunday, so we're so that is Sunday night. So we'll be ready for that. A lot going on.
1: Please reach across the aisle and shake hands with your brother and sister, and let's sing "Blessed Be the Tie That Binds."
4: Man, how are you doing? It's great. Everything going real well. Now y'all are blocking. <laughs> I feel like. Man, <laughs> how are you doing? It's good. Singing.